Hey, this is Andrew Schlecht from The Athletic. The NBA Finals begins on June 6th, and we have you covered at The Athletic NBA Show. Join us Monday through Friday to hear voices like Zach Harper, David Aldridge, Marcus Thompson, Dave DeFore, Sam Amick, and many more. We will have instant reaction shows after every finals game, plus podcasts to take you behind the scenes in between games. Listen to The Athletic NBA Show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Alex Abnos from the very busy media center at Albite Stadium in Qatar. All of the big games of the day are done. USA-England is in the books. Let's look ahead to the next games to take center stage in front of the world. This is World Cup Every Day. We've now done almost a full round of games. We've seen every team in Qatar at least once. We now have a good idea of what this tournament looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like on the ground. Matt Slater has been covering build-up to this tournament closely for a very long time, and he joins me today to talk about the logistics of the tournament, what the beer controversy says about FIFA and Qatar's relationship, and his journey to watch Saudi Arabia pull off one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. Speaking of Saudi Arabia, they're back in action today against a Poland team that was kept scoreless by Mexico last time out, while Mexico takes on Argentina in the headline contest of the day. Also, defending champion France faces off against a quality Denmark team, and Tunisia takes on Australia. Here is the full TV guide, all times are Eastern. We start off with Tunisia versus Australia at 5 a.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. Poland versus Saudi Arabia at 8 a.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. France versus Denmark at 11 a.m. Eastern on Fox Sports 1. And Argentina versus Mexico at 2 p.m. Eastern on, you guessed it, Fox Sports 1. All of those games are also available in Spanish on Telemundo and in Canada on TSN. And with that, let's visit with Matt Slater. All right, here I am in the lobby of the beautiful FIFA uh, Media Center in Qatar with Matt Slater. Matt, you have done all sorts of reporting uh, really all over the place in, at this World Cup so far. You've been to Qatar several times over the years to sort of report on the lead-up to this tournament, how they're getting ready. Now that we're uh, through a full round of, of group stage games, what's sort of your impression with, with logistically how this World Cup has gone so far? What, is, what, what has surprised you about this? Um, that's a good question. What surprised me? I suppose, I, I don't know, perhaps I shouldn't have been surprised, but it is still surprising to see it with your own eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's not everyone who has bought his ticket is coming. Yeah, it's true. Um, seen a lot of empty seats. Yeah, and look, I don't want to turn this into another kind of smash the Qataris point, but it's pretty clear that tickets were available to Qataris for a very, very good price. Right? Mm -hmm. About £10, if they, if they, if they got in really? early. Really? That's cheap? Yeah, if they got in early, in the first wave of the ballot. Okay. And we're talking about, well, Qataris themselves are obviously very wealthy. We're in, the, I think it's now the, the third richest country GDP per capita, and it has been, has been the richest. So it's, it, it's up there. Right. Um, so they bought a lot of tickets. Mm -hmm. But so did an entire middle tier of, of, of guys who... who effectively run the country they bought a lot of tickets and I think they're coming 
and those are those are sort of guest workers um, towards the top of the chain. Mm-hmm. But for for pretty much every game I've been to, apart from the very first, which was the Qatar Ecuador game, the opener, mm-hmm. the VIP seats have been ten to fifteen percent full. So. You know, eighty-five to ninety percent empty. Yeah, there have been quite noticeable rows of empty seats in the in the lower tier, and people have left early. So that's that's disappointing. Look, I know it happens elsewhere. You just don't expect to see it at a World Cup. Yeah, you don't expect to see it at a World Cup that has been controversial in other parts of the world, but much anticipated here. You know, it's a good point. Yeah, and you sort of think, well, why aren't you coming? You know, why are you going early? So that's been a, a bit of a surprise. And I, and then I think the other point that a lot of visitors are making is it can be quite hard to get away from the games. You know, the the, the infrastructure. There are pinch points, but there I is a lot of traffic. But that's yeah, every uh, game everywhere. Exactly. Anyone's ever been to a big baseball, NFL game, big Premier League game? Yeah. Yeah, the the way home. You know, you, yeah. you you have to you have to you know you have to queue for a bit, and you have to crush onto a onto a train. So, and I, but I I sort of sense that they're not used to that a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So they are policing it in an incredibly sort of over the top sort of way. And whereas I think you know an American or a Brit that goes to a sporting game is you know come on let's get a move on let's that's <laughs> right. right. I'm only I'm only going to be I'm only going to be up against someone for five minutes here. So there's a bit of that, but. But overall, it's it's going well. You know, they 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 are getting people into the stadiums pretty well. The I've been to three of the stadiums now, two new ones, and, and the and the renovated one, Khalifa, which is by far the worst of the three that I've been to. Uh, yeah, that's been my impression as well. Yeah, that's, that's an athletic stadium. It's pretty old. It's not very good for football. Yeah. Um, the other two, Albait and Education City, nice stadiums. They're all a bit generic on the inside, but but they look great outside, and you get a great view. The pitch looks lovely. I imagine they look amazing on TV. You know, the, the games I've seen on yeah. big screens look amazing. You know, the lighting and everything. So, yeah, you know, it's it's going pretty well. Um, there have, of course, been a fair amount of off-field controversies and things that I think are very interesting when you consider the relationship between FIFA and the government of Qatar. Mm. Where I'm referring, of course, to the somewhat last minute ban of beer within side stadium. Mm-hmm. I should say alcoholic beer within mm. stadiums. You have the one love, uh, mm. uh armband controversy where I can't remember England and a bunch of other federations mm-hmm. plan to wear this armband that has like a rainbow heart on it. And we're told not to also at the last minute. What do you think, have there been any developments in sort of both those cases? And what do you think that these say about the relationship between FIFA and uh, and Qatar. Yeah, I, I throw a couple more in there. So there, yeah, I'm sure I'm forgetting a but, lot. But just to, just because I think they're interesting, just to, just to demonstrate the shift that happens. Yeah. Between organising international sports federation and host, as you get closer to the start of a tournament, mm-hmm. the, the 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 power shifts. The power shifts. Possession nine tenths of the law. You're not going to take it away from me now, okay? <laughs> yeah. You know, you are in my country. We're already here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the first sign of that was a post draw. So the draw was in was in was in March, mm-hmm. and Qatar was scheduled to go on Monday, second game. Uh, this was a you know hundred days. Well, actually, it was close when they ch- changed their minds. 
And it was almost like the Qataris sort of thought about it for a bit. They took a couple of months to think about it and then thought, do you know what? We want to go first. Yeah. So they moved it to the Sunday evening. Now, look, if this shouldn't be a shock. Of course, the hosts go first. This is, it hasn't always been the case in World Cup history, but it's certainly been for the recent history. It was that they sort of decided quite late in the day and you thought, I'm not sure this has ever happened before. Yeah. So there was that. And then, of course, there was the remarkable going into bat that Gianni Fantino, Infantino, the FIFA president, did for the Qataris on the Saturday, the eve of the World Cup opener, where the Qataris themselves have been absent. They have just not put themselves up for, for international media at all, which is unusual in itself. Mm-hmm. But they just basically sent Infantino out with a, a load of talking points, and he went off on one, you know, opening remarks for an hour, where he basically just accused the international media of racism. Yeah. Again, unusual and then of course you hope well but that was that was the day after the beer you turned so there has been a lot of that there's been a lot of the qatari frustration that the narrative coming into this world cup has been negative and they have basically lent on fifa and then fifa is trying to lean on us and you have then i think not just one breakdown in relationship i.e qataris and international media which i've been talking about for nearly a year now certainly 2022 yeah that i had noticed you now have two breakdowns in relationship you have international media or certainly large section of the international media and fifa so that was palpable it wasn't very pleasant it's calming down a bit now as i knew it would as, as anyone that's sort of been to major events be the olympics world championships of any variety once the sport starts things calm down well, things get really exciting on the pitch. That's the main thing. But the politics calms down. I think it might come roaring back towards the end. We shall see. Once there are fewer games. Once yeah. there aren't four games a day. Yeah. I know. At the moment, the pace is ridiculous. And they just, there's, there's, a, there's an upset or there's a, there's, a, there's a great goal. There's something, right? Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Speaking of upsets, uh, you were uh, doing a great story for The Athletic where you, I believe you were on a bus from the Saudi border with a bunch of Saudi Arabia fans on their way to the game against Argentina. I don't know if you could have possibly predicted the result they were <laughs> going to get from that game, but you were very well positioned uh, for it, no doubt. What did you see? What did you experience from the Saudi fans that day? What did you see from the Saudi team? Is this a team that you think could surprise, could pull off more results like that? Um, and what was the mood among oh. among the fans that you were with? I, I just got to know everything about this, yeah. this trip. Well the, well, the idea of the story was I did a lot of reporting because of just covering the build-up to this this tournament, but also the Newcastle United takeover was a big story for, yeah. for me and for the Athletic. The relationship between Saudi Arabia and Qatar. This is a, you know, I don't know how interested people will be, but it's, it's a really fascinating relationship. Yeah. It's a big brother, little brother type situation. It um, feels that way. It's been going on for a long time. I'm not going to do the entire history of the Arab peoples, but uh, <laughs> they had a massive falling out in 2017, and the World Cup was part of it. The mm. fact that Qatar, you know, was, was you know, <laughs> perhaps being a bit big for its boots for Saudi's liking. Okay. There, were, there were some other issues, more serious issues to it as well, but the World Cup was part of it. Um, massive row, uh, three and a half year economic blockade by Saudi Arabia, UAE, Bahrain, and Egypt. 
Um, they tried to crash Qatar's economy. The border was closed. That's the main thing. Qatar has one land border. It's a peninsula with Saudi. So that's interesting. Now, look, things were patched up early 2021, and things are very much, you know, we are friends again, Arab brothers. That has been one of the really interesting themes of this World Cup, just how close the Qataris and Saudis, the, the royal families, appear to be again. Now, I was intrigued by this, this relationship between Qatar and Saudi, for lots of reasons. Saudi is the big brother, much bigger country, real football heritage, football culture, young population, uh, the Newcastle investment, very aggressive now in sport with golf, as people have, have also read and heard about. And I just thought this is interesting. They want a World Cup. And I read somewhere that they were doing this remarkable idea, well, I thought it was remarkable, of effectively a park and ride scheme mm -hmm. from... Um, from the border. So Saudi Arabian fans, they didn't want people driving into to Qatar, which is quite, quite simple, sensible, it's a pretty busy place. Yeah. So park your cars at the border, come on through, a border that was shut, shut, less than two years ago, jump on buses, all for free by the way, all thrown in with your ticket, you can park down at the border for 24 hours, no questions asked, if, you, if you've got a hotel room, you can book a little bit longer, We'll waive the usual visa requirements. Thousands of, of Saudis took advantage of this. Thousands. They drove yeah. from Riyadh, Daman, uh, Al Hassa, big cities, two, three hours drive from the other side. They get up at four or five in the morning to, to drive to the border. I went the other way. I went down in an Uber to the border. <laughs> uh, listener, there's not a great deal going on at the border. Camel farms, literally the desert. I don't know why I was shot by that. Of course, it's the desert. Uh, a fence, soldiers, that's about it. Going the wrong way confused the hell out of the border guards. I managed to eventually basically hitch a lift on one of these shuttle buses going back to Doha. It was great. They were so excited. They were so friendly. They all thought, they were, they were praying and hoping for an honourable defeat with Messi, who they love to do well, to play well. Yeah. And... I think they kind of got a bit of everything. I mean, Messi got his goal and they witnessed a historic win and it was brilliant to be part of. I'm sure it was. Everybody uh, that's listening can read all about uh, Matt's incredible journey and everything that he experienced along the way on The Athletic. Uh, Saudi Arabia, of course, plays coming up against Poland. Matt, we have a great day of World Cup ahead of us. Even more great days ahead of mm. that one. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today. No problem at all. Come on, England. <laughs> thanks so much to our wonderful producer mike zimmerman for putting this and all of our shows in the feed together i'm alex abnos enjoy the games and we'll see you all tomorrow